Captain. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. In on a Tuesday morning, it is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us this September 5th. 2023, starting out your day at 77 degrees in the capital city. And we are back after a three-day weekend. Ah, yes, the Tuesday after a three-day weekend. Everybody getting back into the flow of things, including us, on this Tuesday morning. Uh, Hey, it is maybe... Well, we'll say at least for a few days here, the last day in the 90s. I'm not going to say it's the last one of the uh, of the calendar year because I kind of doubt it is here at this point. But uh, we are finally, it looks like, going to take a tick down in the, uh, in the heat here uh, after today. And today will be a little bit lower than it has been the last few days. But a high of 93 today, uh, low in the upper 50s, and then back down into highs in the 80s all the way through Sunday. And if you want to dream a little, ladies and gentlemen, take a look at the week starting September 11th, a week from yesterday at the forecast highs for that week. Right now, on my weather app here in front of me, on my computer, I've got 74, 72. These are highs, 74, 72, 72, 78. And so, yeah, it looks like the big change is coming in here uh, after next weekend or at the tail end of next weekend. So uh, anyway, but another hot weekend here uh, in the capital city. Uh, my goodness, I was up in Omaha yesterday um and uh, w- with my with some stuff for my wife's job and we were up at the the labor day parade in downtown omaha <laughs> and uh not a lot of shade out there where they uh where they do the uh people lining up for that thing and and uh the the uh the the kind of the, the preparations for it as well and so yeah that was a uh, that was a warm one yesterday but we were up there got my steps in yeah got to got to see a little bit of downtown omaha so that was nice but yes we are going to be uh going down the cooler route here over the course of the next few days got a good show for you today on a tuesday joe jordan news channel nebraska is going to join us we'll count down the five things that you are going to be talking about today and of uh of course caleb and i will uh talk a little bit about what has now turned into a matchup that didn't quite look like it was uh was uh, going to look here as we looked at the Nebraska football schedule coming into the season with Colorado going from assumed team made uh, you know on a major rebound that's going to have a tough season this year to all of a sudden America's darling and uh, it's uh, it, whoop, it flipped like that and now you've got you're going to have one of the most nationally paid attention to games. I, I mean I don't I don't want to overstate this completely but. Of all time in the regular season, I mean, it's going to be up there. It's going to be up there. But I mean, just be, it's and the not because one, of Nebraska. It's the number one game this weekend for yep, sure, for sure, for sure, and <laughs> and probably more than that. And so, all of a sudden, we've got a completely different situation for that thing that we're going to discuss during the course of the day today. Mark Vale's in the KLIN newsroom, keeping track of everything that's going in the news world. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Uh, we're doing all right. Good. By the way, we got a traffic accident to report. Okay. Kind of a difficult location. 
South 10th Street, uh, just south of South Street. South 10th, just south of South Street. South okay. Of the that one-way one way street going to the yep. south, I assume? A couple blocks south of the Warman Fuzzy Gizzards or whatever. Yes. Oh, yeah, not anymore. Warman, what were they? Uh, soft and yummy, actually. Soft and yummy. Soft and yummy. They weren't. They, they didn't say they were warm, at least. They may have been, but that yeah. was not stated on the sign. That happened about a little over 10 minutes ago, so you might want okay. to avoid that, although that won't be as busy as northbound. So. Yes. All right. All right. There. Thank you. I appreciate it. What else we have going on here? Oh. Uh, I mean, I know it's a long, uh, long weekend, so we're mainly talking about things like uh, car accidents and those sorts of things. But Well, actually, LPD kind of busy over the weekend, uh, but not last night. Okay. Uh, had a case of arson uh, late Saturday night, uh, armed robbery Sunday morning, and yesterday morning uh, they were called to the University Square uh, parking garage just before 5 a.m. Uh, breaking into multiple cars, stealing. They got him, but he broke into eight vehicles in the parking garage. University, where is that one? Uh, University Square is <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, 14th I'm, I'm, and, oh, just north of 14th. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, so, and then I read, Mark, that this is going back a little bit, but Thursday night during the football game at the rail yard, yeah. police and police uh, spotted what they believed was a drug transaction and they arrested a, uh, a buyer and a seller of what they believed to be after lab analysis was cocaine uh, <laughs> right there at the rail yard during the Husker football game, just under the stairs by Longwell's. The, oh wow! The, yeah, the, the cops uh, thought he saw, thought he saw a little handshake, a little special handshake going on down there. Uh, ended up searching the person who looked like he put something in his pocket. Found a little baggie. Uh, made some arrests there with that whole thing. And so, yeah, that was Thursday night at the uh, at the old rail yard. So those are, those are some of the things that we've uh, we've got going. Oh, and then did you? Mark, did you did you see the story out of? Oh, I guess it's sort of near Ogallala, I eighty near Big Springs. Yeah, yeah I posted so, that story. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and you can you can fill in the details because you probably know it better than me. But basically, it sounds like there were some people in a car who were having a an argument. They actually got out and were out in the shoulder. Yes, uh, they're out in the shoulder screaming at each other. Yeah. Essentially, and so people probably saw them. I assume and said, "Hey, we got people who are yelling at each other here. On this doesn't look safe, and who knows, you know, where this thing is going." So troopers are dispatched out there to it about three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and troopers, you know, approach them. They're having a verbal confrontation on the shoulder at that point. Well, they're addressing that whole thing, and there's a Honda Civic that's driving on the interstate, drives onto the shoulder, and strikes one of the cruisers. The state patrol cruisers pushes it into the other two cruisers. Now, nobody's inside of them at the time because they're addressing the two people who are having a spat on the side of the dang interstate at that point. Yep. And you got three cruisers damaged at that point. No one was, well, troopers go to help the driver who was transported to Ogallala Community Hospital at that at that point. Non-life-threatening injuries, but some injuries coming from probably what was a fairly high-speed collision uh no citations out of the entire thing no troopers were injured uh it does sound like the two parties went their separate ways after this though so yeah if you want to go to klin.com uh cody thomas the uh, public information officer for the state patrol supplied us with a picture 
of the one uh, cruiser. Yeah, did it get it pretty good? Uh, go take a look at it. Okay, I, I will. <laughs> Is I mean, it at klin.com? dot com? Klin dot com. All right. Yep. Yep, there's a Nebraska State Patrol, and that cruiser is uh, not going to be drivable. Oh man! Okay, here I'm. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. This was uh, airbags are deployed too. Uh, yeah, they're just like the bumper is hanging out vertically from. I don't know how that even. Basically, the wow. back bumper is the whole back of the car looks like it was incinerated. Yeah. My goodness. From the Nebraska State Patrol, there. So, uh, you know why they all, you know, and if there was any doubt, why they always encourage you to, if you see cars pulled over in the shoulder, get over to the other lane. I suppose this is why. Well, I don't suppose this is why. I know that there this is part a, of the reason. And I don't know exactly what was happening with this car that it could have struck been a it. Medical emergency. Yeah, or I don't. Something, but I'm not sure what but happened yeah, exactly with mechanical. that. Mechanical. Anyway, if you're gonna have a fight. At the exit into Ogallala first or something. Uh, they, have it there. they were actually west of Ogallala at Big Springs. Okay, well, go. Which get, had a great big uh, convenience store there. That's a great place to have an argument. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your top ten places in Nebraska to have an argument? <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's, a new, that's a new topic for the Nebraska Tourism Council, right? <laughs> hey, come to Nebraska. <laughs> Great place to have a uh, verbal, some beautiful scenery, right? Yep. <laughs> Can't Fort Robinson, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's been okay. a long weekend. Lady, you go to Wyoming, and guy, you go to Colorado. There you go. <laughs> Honestly, if I mean, if they were going to keep going, they were going to get to eastern Colorado at some point, Mark, and it's hard not to have an argument. There's nothing else to do but have an argument in eastern Colorado if you're driving along the... Yeah, it, <laughs> on the interstate because there de- definitely ain't no scenery to make you happy. Only marginally more scenery going to uh, Cheyenne. <laughs> oh yeah, on eighty, right? I've, driven, that, I've mean, driven them both several times. I bet you have. And either way, when it says fill up on gas, yeah, <laughs> you fill no, yeah, up no, right you, there. That, don't you take that seriously? There's only <laughs> one other place that I take it more seriously, and that's when you're driving from Dalhart, Texas, to Tucumcari, New Mexico. What? <laughs> Now that one, I'm not familiar. Twenty-seven miles without a gas station. Yep. They call it the uh, they call it the uh, South Seventieth Street of Southwest of yep. the Southwest America. Yes, yes, yes. Southwest <laughs> United States. Many people are saying. Uh, there's a sign That's, there that says, the, "Compared, you know, this is nothing compared to compared to what's South happening South. in Lincoln on South Seventieth Street, right? Right." Consider yourself lucky. It's about the exact per per square per uh, per mile. I think it's got the same same amount of gas stations. Zero <laughs> as we've got there. Uh, all right, and then of course we have got. Uh, oh, we broke down Nebraska football on Thursday, and I mentioned this earlier, and we'll get more into this a little bit later. But now all of a sudden, uh, Colorado upsets TCU, being a significant underdog. Uh, looks pretty impressive. At least their offense looked pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Very impressive, doing it as well. And I have to, this- I have to ask Mark real quick though. If things yes. go wrong this Saturday, can people in Lincoln and Lancaster County call nine one one? Yes, uh-huh. unless there's another. Fire. Oh, that's a good point. So yeah, um, before we get into the football, it's a good point because we had last week, Mark. We talked about the state outages that didn't affect Lancaster County. And then we had Lancaster County outages after that, correct? Yeah, well, it was actually, uh, there were several uh, southeastern uh, Nebraska yes. counties and cities that yes. were down. So, 
But that's that's taken care of now, correct? Yes, yes. everything mm-hmm. was uh, put back in order sometime Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, and it came back in kind of in it ramped up as they, they got things repaired. Okay. But it was a fire at a, uh, one of the locations of Windstream here in Lincoln in one of the uh, control, uh, I don't know, a transformer or something that took out it. Got it. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's been, and, and it's a completely different situation from the state outages, as I understand it. Right. That were happening. That's my understanding that. anyway. So, oh, and then I also, while I'm, while I'm looking at the pictures at KLIN.com, I see there's a story too about, uh, Portions of 84th Street opening up more? Yep. Yes. Uh, hey! Northbound 84th was completely open <laughs> oh. this morning. Clear. Already? Yeah, the barricades, the one lane all gone. That was a, that, Mark, that was as painful of a road construction situation, both the, the north and the south, that had been going on there, or and still are going on in portions, I believe. Uh, as I've as I've seen in Lincoln for quite a while, at least for me personally. I, if you don't drive that area, obviously you don't care that much. But yeah, that was the only thing worse. Is man, Nebraska Examiner's got an interesting story. Paul Hamill posted about the people that live just to the southeast of Highway Two in Nebraska Parkway. You know mm-hmm. where you get back on. Evidently, a bunch on the of, on the new the new one. You mean right? But yeah. If you don't make the left turn to get on to Highway Two. And you continue down to Saltillo Road. There's a lady and, and her brother that live on Saltillo Road. We got these semis trying to turn around in these yeah. rural driveways. And Paul's got a great story on it. He talked to uh, the residents out there and the ruts that the semis leave. Oh, in my gosh. Front yard. And- Is that still happening? We heard about that like the first couple of weeks that the uh, that the expressway was open. Four trucks in three days, she said, this last week or so. I thought maybe that would stop after, you know, word kind of got out on how to navigate that thing. Well, they're laying it uh, to blame on the GPS systems of these trucking oh. companies that haven't quite got it figured gotcha. out. Gotcha. So the GPS, somebody get those, G- for those people's driveway, for the love, get the <laughs> GPS updated. Well, and it's Jeez. pretty costly for some companies because when you look at the size of the record that's got to pull the, the one truck out. Like, oh, they haven't necessarily been making the turn the turnaround themselves, huh? Uh, They've had some Nebraska problems. Nebraska Examiner, just go, I mean, you want to I'll take, check it out. You want to take yeah, a look at, that. I mean, this is, uh, this is one of them. Big old tow trucks. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine. I'm sure, and I'm sure they look outside and they see it, and we goes, "Got another one." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you go out and watch it then at that point and see if they're able to do it or not? Well, they're, what they're trying to do is get one, some of the trucking companies to pay for the uh, repair of their yards. Well, I would too. I'm not surprised that they that they feel that way. And and by the way, there's at least three road closed signs that they go by. So I bet. Well, I'll take a look at that uh, that article by Paul Hamill. Oh, like Paul, he's a good listener to this show. I know that too. Um, yes. Anyway, back to uh, back to the football. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Nebraska and Colorado now, uh, of course, I mean they were matching up coming up this weekend, but the game just looks it just looks and feels a whole lot different in a lot of different ways. And you know, bigger is probably the word. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at it a couple of ways. Part of it is that. Nebraska looks like they've got a lot more of a challenge than we assumed they did going into this game, which is which you know looks like it'll be true. I think a lot of people were probably kind of almost marking that down as a, a win this year, just because 
most of the most of the experts, including Vegas, expected Colorado to to struggle this year, rebuilding from what was a really depleted roster and a team that was frankly was one of the worst teams in college football last year. And I mean, if you take the one week sample, it looks like they did it and they did it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, on one hand, it's a you know it's it's a, there's a real prospect of Nebraska going zero and two here this year again. But on the other hand, there's also a prospect if you win this thing to with one win get yourself back not only on kind of the forefront of the national conversation because of the attention that'll be on this game, but sort of you know it'll, they'll still be there in the standings. But you'll delete a lot of those bad feelings about week one yeah. if you can pull this. But that's going to seem like a distant memory. The foot drag in Minneapolis if Nebraska can somehow come in to Boulder and and pull off this win. But nothing like reinvigorating a rivalry here by throwing Dion in the oh, middle of it. Boy. Holy cow. Boy, Dion and just rocket fuel apparently. Yeah, and I, I promise you he's got more things to say this week that are going to add to it as well. Because as we uh, as we've seen from uh, you add you add uh you had a, a W, a big win to him, and he, uh, not surprisingly, has a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. And he did after the game on Saturday as well. So it'll be fun. I'm going to enjoy the lead up to it. I week. hope I'm going to enjoy the the afterwards. Uh, I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing how well I'll take that if it's another another one of these losses, no matter what it looks like. But I'm going to enjoy the lead up to it. The old days in Nebraska-Colorado feel like they are back. All right, at 625, we'll take a break. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Wherever you go, stay connected to the world around you. I get all the breaking news notifications, sports and traffic, straight to my phone on the app. 1499.3 KLIN. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. So we decided at the end of last week, pre-Colorado versus TCU, that the question for this week's Fantasy Huskers would be, how many points does Colorado score against Nebraska? Since in week one we asked how many points Nebraska would score, we just thought we'd put the shoe on the other foot and try that. And then Colorado's offense exploded in that game, and it becomes a lot more of an interesting question than we realized (laughs) on Friday. So that will be the question if you get a pick, but you need to get a pick prior to that. How do you get a pick? Well, you text in the keyword and... You are going to get a keyword twice a day at 635 and 810 every day this week. And then we are going to pick randomly one of the people uh, who send in that keyword to get the pick. If you don't get it on this uh, time slot here, try again at 810. Try at 635 tomorrow. And uh, hopefully you're going to get yourself a pick and you can make that pick on what Colorado scores. So let's get to the keyword that you need to text in right now if you want to play the game. Uh, the keyword is Boulder. Boulder, B O U L D E R. Boulder. Text that in to 402 479 1400. Caleb, what do we think? What do we think the range of the picks is going to be here? I mean, what did they have in the 30s against TCU? 45. 45 they had? Criminy. 
45. I'm going to But guess, they gave up 42. But that's not the question. Uh I mean that pick's going to probably be I think it'll be lower than that. The pick range is probably going to be the the sweet spot will be like 28 to 35 maybe. I think you will have guesses as low as 10 and Man, his, and as high great. as and as high as somewhere in the 50. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Who, it depends on how you feel about Nebraska. Do you do you feel that oh the defense actually played pretty well and Colorado played against a really bad TCU defense? Right. Oh, probably ten. Right. Or do you feel Nebraska is garbage and it's prime time in Boulder? Right. Fifty four. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's 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 made a whole lot more interesting. We'll just say there that. is no sweet spot, in my opinion. There is, yeah. We're gonna have <laughs> it could go anywhere on this one. I still would say this though: <laughs> play the extremes. If you're gonna play the game, play the extremes because that's how you win the game. <laughs> but you can choose to take my advice or not. It's it's your pick. You can do what you want with that. So we'll have another one of those today coming up. At eight thirty-five, so be listening for that. And then, by the way, we'll du- goodness sakes, why do I do that? Eight <laughs> ten, and uh, we will have uh, two of them coming up per the uh, time slot at six thirty-five and eight ten on Friday during the tailgate. Yes. So we'll double because it's a four-day week. I don't know if you knew that, but this is a four-day week. We're already going to be doing like what chapter had Wednesday tomorrow. Already at that midweek. Things I was, are going to go quickly. I was so I've been so off since like last Wednesday just because of the major event at Memorial Stadium with Volleyball Day in Nebraska, then a Thursday football game, and then into an extended weekend where at some point on Sunday I thought it was actually Monday. Yeah. Every day has felt off. Right. And, and then we roll into a four-day week here. Well, it was funny. I was talking to my, my son uh, who goes to the university now, and he was like, because they obviously had Labor Day off the week before they had Wednesday off for the volleyball game, like you had mentioned. He's like, yeah, I still haven't had a uh, regular five-day week of classes yet in college. It's like, well, fingers crossed for next week because of pretty soon you're going to get to fall break yeah, at some point. Right. Give you an opportunity to, to miss some it's days not this well. easy, kid. Yeah. All right. Let's get in to the sound off today. Uh, okay. We are going to start... We're going to start with uh, news out of Washington, D.C. News last night, uh, a COVID diagnosis in the White House. The White House announcing Monday night that Dr. Jill Biden has COVID and is experiencing mild symptoms. She did not return to the White House from Delaware with President Biden, who was tested negative and will continue to be tested. Monday afternoon, the president spoke to union sheet metal workers in Philadelphia at a Labor Day event where he courted union support and said his economic policies are working, citing lower inflation rates and job growth. The president is scheduled to leave for the G20 summit in India on Thursday. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. All right. And we're going to keep Kevin Uretsky on here because it was another weekend of conversations about exactly what should happen or should anything happen when it comes to age limits in Congress and not the lower end of the age limits. A little more on that. The issue was raised again this past week after Senator Mitch McConnell froze for several seconds while talking to reporters. Did you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Appearing Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation, GOP presidential candidate, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, was very clear on where she stands concerning the health of McConnell 
California's Dianne Feinstein, and others. I am completely for term limits. I'm completely for mental competency tests for anyone over the age of 75. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. Haley adding, They need to let a younger generation take over. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Okay, so mental competency tests. Now that I'd, I, I mean, I generally agree, I think. But mental, like, what is a mental competency test going to look like exactly? And who is going to determine some kind of a standardized test that clarifies? And by the way, Mitch McConnell maybe could pass. If it's a mental competency test, for instance, mm-hmm. you're talking about Mitch McConnell, and he's having these these episodes that are clearly medical in nature at some point. I don't think that means he wouldn't pass a mental competency test right. at that point. Now, maybe there, there are some others that wouldn't. And put, wouldn't it be... Would it be the simplest way, if you were going to do something about this, or at least in part about this, isn't the very easiest solution, and maybe you have, you you kill some other birds with this stone too, is just straight up term limits? Just straight yeah. up, to what, two terms, like the president, I guess? Maybe it's different for the House. That maybe it's four terms for the House and two terms for the Senate, or or something like that. What, I'm not sure exactly how you like would do it. But would, North Dakota do, trying to do something where it was yeah, where that, it was wasn't so that many an terms? age limit or was that? Let's see. Okay, yeah, there's may have been an age a limit. a specific but, age limit. I think it was a, a ballot measure. Right. That was a congressional age limit of 80 in North Dakota. So, but but I'm just saying maybe instead of of picking that number, which feels may feel a little more ageist, I guess. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just say, well, I think we kind of take, unless somebody's running for Congress for the first time at age, you know, 75, Uh that you probably, if you had term limits, that's probably not going to be much of an issue. What do you say, six in the House, two in the Senate? Yeah, well, yeah, it's that's what the normal is. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe I, I said four and two, but I guess if you wanted to make the exact same amount of time, it would mm. be six and two, if you did it that way. But you would think that would mostly alleviate this issue without actually putting it in the purpose of doing it. And so maybe this would be a but. And there are some people who have wanted that anyway. Right now, I, I've tended to be against term limits generally. Um, I think I'm becoming less so as I as I age a little bit. I think I always kind of had this. I kind of always had this thought, you know. Hey, look, we have term limits right now. You just you can you can vote them in out of office, and if the if the district people are in continues to say, hey, I want this person representing me, they should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I I still don't know completely where I land on it, but I think I'm more open to it than I used to be in term limits. Like, but I don't. I don't really love what it's done in the Nebraska legislature. That, that's what either. I was going to say. Is we we've had a, a, an example in front of us, right. On on how you've gone from yes, people that had been there for a while, but now you are just constantly flipping out members for a lot of inexperience. Yeah. And plus, I think it's a hard one because I well. I think that's a little bit of a different situation in multiple ways than the federal legislature would be as yeah. well. So it's not necessarily the same same answer there. But nonetheless, yeah, um, yeah, McConnell, it's that's happened twice now. That exact thing, and so this discussion, and 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 of course, you you've got, I mean, you're cruising at least right now to a matchup in the presidential race of of Biden versus Trump at this point, and two men who are. Who are definitely getting up there in age as well. 
So, all right, other things. Let's talk about some other things here, shall we? Um, let's. Hey, this one's kind of funny. Um, so I don't know how familiar. Hopefully, you know, maybe you've been there. Uh, most of us probably haven't. Uh, the country Anguilla. Um, are you familiar with it? No. Well. It's having a bit of a payday right now, this country is. And it is not the reason why you probably think. I'll let the clip here fully explain it, but it's got to do with those little country codes sometimes that are now available if you are making a website. So in the United States, sometimes they now have websites that end up .us mm-hmm. that you've maybe heard that and other, you know, in, in Italy when we were there, it's got .it that that happens. Well, guess what Anguilla's code is? AI. Oh. The small British Caribbean island of Anguilla has struck buried treasure in the form of artificial intelligence amid the frenzy to register Internet domain names for AI startups. Because Anguilla's websites assigned by the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers end in .ai. So everybody who wants to register a website like even Elon Musk going for x.ai has to pay Anguilla for the rights. In the last year alone, Bloomberg reports 287,000 websites registered could generate $30 million or 10% of Anguilla's gross domestic product. The last island to corner the Internet market, the tiny Pacific Island nation of Tuvalu with .TV. Therese Crowley, (laughs) Fox News. All right. Uh, So the first country maybe whose whose, uh, top export is Internet suffixes, perhaps? That's incredible. (laughs) 10%. 10% of their GDP is for .ai. Man, U.S. should have got a better one of those. One that was... Yeah, uh, really, it's not really working out. Nobody, yeah, .us, what's that? Gross. Uh, this story is sad, but a little funny at the same time, to be honest. Uh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know how to set it up other than the Great Wall of China has been damaged, and it's it's very sad from a historical perspective, but you're not going to believe exactly how and why this happened. Officers allege two people were trying to create a shortcut for their construction work and no ancient world heritage site was going to get in their way. Police say the 38-year-old man and 55-year-old woman used an excavator to create a gap wide enough for the machine to pass through. They've been detained after causing what's described as irreversible damage to the safety of the cultural relics. The Great Wall of China was built and rebuilt on a continual basis from around 220 BC until the Ming Dynasty of the 1600s. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. (laughs) You've got to, you have got to be kidding me. Well, I I mean, uh, I think a guy could probably take that section down right over there. This is how they speak there. I think a guy could take uh, that section down right there, and we could get that excavator right over to the other side it's going to save us hours on this project tell you what if you don't want to take it over or find a way around that that spot right there is not in use uh i, I think we just knock that part I, down just knock it down uh yeah we build that build that we put a filler in back in afterwards if we need to but that's going to save it client's going to be thrilled i i don't think we need a permit i really don't <laughs> oh my gosh uh yeah they're going to be in. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've, they're going to be in some trouble there on that whole thing. Uh, let's see. 
Let's do. Uh, let's get another. Co- I mean, this is a, this is a sad one, but I think people might be wondering about it. So let's get this out there. Um, you probably have heard by now that Jimmy Buffett passed away uh, at the beginning of the weekend. So uh, sad news there. And there were uh, some people who obviously you always kind of wonder when celebrity deaths come out exactly what happened and why it happened. Um, we know now with Jimmy Buffett and probably it's going to result in a lot of people making appointments at their dermatologists. An aggressive form of skin cancer apparently led to the death of Jimmy Buffett. An obituary posted on his website says he's been fighting Merkel cell skin cancer for four years. The National Cancer Institute says Merkel cell carcinoma is a very rare disease. Buffett's website said the singer continued to perform during treatment, playing his last show, a surprise appearance in Rhode Island in early July. The Margaritaville icon passed away at his home on Long Island at age 76. Another statement on his website said he lived his life like a song till the very last breath and will be missed beyond measure by so many. Jill Nato, Fox News. Wow, that's scary. Um, and then there's this, the uh, people who do keep chugging along, even if it defies all reason and expectation, the Rolling Stones are putting out a new album. What? It is 2023 and the Rolling Stones are putting out a new, uh, new album. The Rolling Stones announced their upcoming album, Hackney Diamonds, their first since 2005's A Bigger Bang. Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Ronnie Wood will share full details while being interviewed live by The Tonight Show host Jimmy Fallon in East London's Hackney District Wednesday. A teaser clip playfully shows Fallon answering the call. I'll be there. See you in London. The band says Hackney may be at the heart of Hackney Diamonds, but this is a truly global moment we want to share with fans around the world via YouTube. It kicks off at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. They keep on going, don't they? 18-year break between albums, uh, between new uh, albums with new material, but they've uh, they've got another one here coming out and uh, rolling it out, as you heard, with uh, Jimmy Fallon's help. Last but not least, the, uh, the box office this weekend, what was winning at the movie theater? Oh, yeah. Let's get the latest on that. Denzel Washington's Equalizer 3 made $34.5 million to claim the top spot at the box office. Nine seconds. That's what I'll give you to decide your fate. And Sony Studios expects it to make $40 million by the end of Labor Day. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. And it was another good week for Barbie, which finished second with $10.6 million in revenue. It's now the biggest movie of the year. The Blue Beetle was in third this week, making $7.3 million. Tom Graham, Fox News. <sighs> yeah, uh, Barbie. Barbie. Let's keep going, Barbie. Keeps. Keeps going. Keep make. Uh, how are there still people who want to see it who haven't seen it yet and who are still going out to the theater? When does that come out on streaming? Is that coming up soon? Uh, let's see. I'll find it out here. That's probably going to be a little bit. What the date is? Uh, they don't have it. September fifth. September. Wait. That's today. The Greta Gerwig blockbuster film is available for digital purchase as of September fifth. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, if you didn't want to go out to the theater, but you've been wanting to see it, tonight is your uh, your chance to do that. So 
We will see about. We'll see if they kept that. That might be old information too. If they got it in theaters. They probably want to milk some more money out of that. If thing you, would be my guess. If you got ten more million dollars over the weekend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll uh, grab a break right now. It is six fifty three. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Hear the Huskers home and away. Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. September 5th, 2023. Glad to have you back with us today. Warm out there right now already. We've got 77 degrees in the capital city, as you heard, on our way to a high today. Back in the 90s, lower 90s here today, shouldn't be flirting with 100 anymore. But after you get through today, it looks like we are moving into the 80s. Probably, eh, we're going to scrape the 90s again, looks like on on Friday and Saturday. But today, the story of the day is going to be those winds, which have really kicked up over the last few days in a way that we just haven't seen a ton of this summer. Um, And so we're we're talking about dew points in the low 60s again. and uh, so we're not going to have super, super humid situation, uh, but a little warmer. And I, d- I do want to pull your attention to, as I mentioned earlier in the show, if you've got your, your forecast apps and you are tired of the hot weather and you've said to someone within the last couple of days, I am so ready for fall. Well, <laughs> it's not coming quite yet, but I do encourage you to flip ahead in your weather apps to Monday the 11th and going forward after that, because right now... Uh, in my weather app, I've got 74 on Monday for your high. Got 72, 72 for your high on Tuesday, 72 for your high on Wednesday the 13th, 78 for your high on Thursday the 14th, and lows every day in the low to mid 50s with that whole thing. So it looks like it looks like we are getting close to breaking out of summer 2023. Now I know some people don't love that. Everybody's got a kind of a different opinion on that, but. Once once you get highs in the seventies, little clouds out there, everybody's gonna everybody's gonna have a hard flip to fall. Oh, everybody's yeah. gonna have a hard flip to the hoodies. Everyone's gonna have a hard flip to the candy corn out in the in the bowl in the living room, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's gonna have a hard flip to the pumpkin spice. I know that is going to happen as well. So anyway, some good news on there. I, I also want to do uh, do want to mention here. Uh, that we are going to, again, partner here at KLIN with Link One Federal Credit Union. Been doing this for a lot of years to recognize and reward local first responders with meal deliveries and cookies during the 8th annual Link One for the Heroes. In addition to thanking our community's heroes and first responders, Link One Federal Credit Union is committed to collecting donations for the Lincoln chapter of the First Responders Foundation. You can donate online now through September 15th. Go to KLIN.com, and we've got the link for you. And then in addition to that, on Monday, September 11th, Link One will come Cover the cost of lunch for any first responders who visit any Good Sense location. Uh, and a little before that, Caleb and I and a whole lot of other the other personalities here at Broadcast House and our employees are going to be out delivering some lunches to first responders all over the capital city. This is something we've done a lot of times. And it's always fun. Always fun. We love uh, the chance to get to interact to, to interact with our police and fire. So if you have uh, LFR, LPD folks who are out there listening today... Hope that we're going to uh, run into you. That well, not on the streets necessarily, yeah. but yes. in your in your places of employment. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to bringing you guys and gals lunch at seven o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. 
Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is 7.08. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 77 degrees in the capital city. It's Tuesday morning, and that means that it's time to talk to Joe Jordan. You can see him on News Channel Nebraska, news director, investigative and political reporter for News Channel Nebraska and Telemundo Nebraska, according to his uh, bio here that I'm looking at. I don't know why I need to look at the bio. I've been having him on every day for like five years. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Uh, let me check your bio. Real quick. <laughs> hey, I figured I figured it was time to get to know you since we've been talking every Tuesday for. Well, I think seven is two. I think at five it's way more than five actually. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, good to get to know you a little bit, Joe. Uh, well, well I, I'm just curious your reaction, Joe. So uh, one week ago we were talking about this prison situation, which we've been talking about a lot on the show here, uh, and then. Lo and behold, that evening we are notified that there's going to be a press conference the next day with the mayor and the governor, which alone, seeing those two together calling a press conference is something in and of itself, uh, but saying that they had decided to uh, come together and change their plan with regard to the location of the prison. Um, This has been obviously a big story in Lincoln, but I'm just kind of curious about your reaction to how this whole thing kind of went down over the course of the last week. Well, first of all, your power is highly underrated. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Secondly, (laughs) it was it was pretty amazing how fast that thing uh, that thing just flipped over. Uh, And you know, in reality, I don't know who blinked first. Was it the governor? Was it the mayor? Uh, But it was amazing how quickly some opposition uh, from people who live in the uh, the original site area uh, and, and some other city and county officials, it was amazing how quickly that situation changed. I'm not, I, as it was happening, I was trying to wreck my brain as the last time I saw something of such a major significant issue. You're talking about, you know, 335 to $360 million facility being built and changing the location of it virtually overnight. It was stunning. Yeah. I think that goes to show you just how consistent the reaction was in, you know, even this wasn't, this wasn't a scenario where the left was saying one thing and the right was saying another thing about the location, uh, I think is what you can probably glean from that. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. you had to have it that way to get both of them to come together like they did for this whole thing. Um, it's, so I mean, yeah, I share in sharing your reaction to this whole thing. Um, I, I'm curious what you think, John. Another angle on this whole thing. We've talked so much about should it be this location or this location, but w- one of the big things, of course, about the you know r- when you deal with the the system, obviously, there's been tons of talk about overcrowding and that goes into it. But another thing that's been talking about is the ability to get people to actually work there, to fill these jobs for corrections, to make sure that these places aren't understaffed and putting employees in terrible positions here. It's one of the reasons the thing ends up in Lincoln as opposed to Tecumseh or something mm-hmm. like Tecumseh, essentially. What do you think, though, that if it, it both of the locations they discussed were pretty accessible from the interstate? 
I wonder how how much this is going to pull people outside of you know like the Lincoln Metro to actually work there. What is your kind of gut gut thought about that? Because I know I think prop. I guess I don't know. I assume part of the idea of putting it by the interstate is maybe you pull some people from. Maybe you pull some people from Omaha. Maybe you pull some people from Seward to go work there or something like that. And I, I just I wonder how much that will actually happen and if this is going to be something that's helpful with staffing of these places. Well, I certainly b- believe that the state officials are certainly hopeful that they can draw some of the workforce from Omaha uh, to the new prison facility. Uh, what we don't know in this uh, brave new world coming out of uh, out of COVID, is our you know the, the difficulty of getting people to to go to work. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> with that, I mean, it goes without saying. You can't be a prison guard and work from home. <laughs> just, yeah, that's they, a good point. They, they haven't figured that one out. That's yet. a good point. Uh, uh, so you know, I think that's another factor in the in the, in this workforce, uh, and it, it which, which we've already seen is higher salaries, uh, better quote unquote bonuses. Uh, will there be restructuring of, uh, of, of of time off plans? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about an additional 500, as I understand it, an additional 500 employees needed. Yeah. Uh, for the new for the new prison facility, it's going from 500 to 1,000 workers. Uh, I mean, that's again without understating it, that's a major change in in, in your workforce. Uh, and they're they're obviously hoping that the, that first 500 will come from the the current uh, state pen. I don't know you're going to get all of them to go over there, but they're they're certainly hoping that they, that that will be part of the transition, along with an, an, obviously another 500 or so employees. That that part. That part is almost overshadowing the, the issue of overcrowding in, in the Nebraska prison system right now is yeah. this workforce issue, and uh, which is pretty interesting because for for years and I mean years the overcrowding was you know the paramount issue, but now over the past three or four years we've seen this problem of the workforce, and it will be interesting to see how they come up with manpower for the new prison. Well, and and I asked you the question, but. The answer is a pretty simple one. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not hard to figure out why there are staffing issues at a place like that because it's, you know, on its face, not a you know, it's a it's a difficult job. I'm sure it's a stressful job. Um, yes. you know, you think about the safety of the people who are working there. Um, so I mean, I can understand why people don't have it on on the top of their list and it doesn't come with some of the sort of the kudos that working in other uh, dangerous, stressful jobs do. Uh, but the the bottom line is the the only way, I mean, Joe, the way that you fix these problems with employment, are all, it's almost always the same, and that's pay people more, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult. No, that's, that's the answer. And then you get into questions of, uh, of, of, of the discussions between the state and the unions, uh, and, and why, would one, why would one group of employees make, make significantly more, if that's the case, than others? You know, should, you know, should corrections workers uh, who are day-to-day faced with uh, individuals who might want to do them harm, should they be paid more than a state state trooper? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much more if that's the case? I mean, you get into a lot of a yeah. lot of dicey uh, issues at that point in time. But, but there is no doubt, as you said, that's the only solution is higher pay when you're trying to recruit employees. Uh, if 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 your environment is one that makes it difficult to impl- to recruit in the in the first place, so again, this is going this will be 
an issue that I think is actually going to overshadow the overcrowding as we go forward because the other, the other thing we've been told is when they, this new facility is built, this is going to help solve some of the overcrowding issues uh, that will obviously depend on how uh, how and if Nebraska changes the, the criminal justice reforms of, of who gets out and when and who gets sentenced right. and for how long. All those things are going to play a factor in this. But, but but the workforce is obviously going to be critical the day they try to open the doors down there. Well, I, yeah, I, I think the the money is the bottom line on this thing. It is an interesting question. I don't know the answer is, is how much does just a new facility make that job more attractive? Uh, you, you know, even then working in, you know, working in, for instance, the state penitentiary that's, you know, 100 plus years old on something well, like that. Like like the safety fa- features, the technology, right. the thought that right. goes into how it impacts the people who are working there. You would you would hope that that makes the job just on its own a little bit more attractive. Yeah, you would you would believe that building this new facility will come with new security provisions inside that keeps, you know, corrections official uh, officers, you know, at a distance from the inmates to begin with. Uh, how, you know, I, I'm, I would not begin to stretch my imagination as to how that works, because I've been in I've been in the state pen a few times and um, but I've never really understood how all those interplays work between the guards and the inmates. But, uh, you know, you would like I said, you would hope that some of the new corrections uh, security changes would would en- enhance that ability to say, "Hey, this is a safer place than it was for you to work for when you were at the state pen." So, yeah, maybe when you're designing the thing, spend a little money making making sure it's a good place for people to work. Give them a nice yeah. snazzy locker room like the football team or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a thought. It's a thought. Um, hey, I I know that I believe it was Sunday. Uh, constitutional carry went into the effect um, thanks to the work of the previous legislative session. And I know you also had a conversation um, with this about some people, including Omaha's police chief, who was concerned about this at the beginning. Uh, nonetheless, it did go through the legislature. Some changes were made um, with concerns law enforcement had. But I'm curious, you did talk to um, the police chief of Omaha. Tell us a little bit about sort of what his, his thoughts are about this now is it now is officially in law in Omaha and in the Chief, state, statewide I should say Chief Tachmater's opinions uh, and view of this haven't really changed from the from the time he testified before the uh, committees back in the, in the legislature earlier this year and in prior years I mean his concern is that that Omaha is different than the in, in effect of the rest of the state same, the same thing we heard I think from from the Lincoln police chief at that point in time that that what works in you know western nebraska won't work in cities of you know 300,000 lincoln 500,000 omaha uh that there are too many other factors now omaha uh had over the years had put in certain um ordinances within its own structure uh having to do with the transportation of firearms and vehicles uh and a variety of other items uh that the, the, the police officials in Omaha believed made it made it able for them to get a better handle on on guns in the city of Omaha. And when the constitutional carry went through, as you know, the uh, the argument was, and it was came out from the attorney general's office that if you're going to make a change, you can't have these carve outs for whether it was Omaha, Lincoln, or whoever that it is ineffective it is one size fits all in the state of nebraska and and chief Schmatter's view of that is it didn't change 
from you know February when he testified before the Judiciary Committee to to now as the uh, new law goes into effect, he as he told me he doesn't he, he's you know he's not predicting doom and gloom, but he doesn't want to keep his he doesn't want his head buried in the sand either that he sees you know the potential problem you've got for instance and he cited a couple of clear cut examples you know you've got twenty thousand to thirty thousand people down at a college world series and there's people walking around um with with weapons who you know couldn't do that uh you know in effect you know last friday but now they can uh those big events uh have him concerned uh and how they're going to deal with it has him concerned i think i really think the omaha police department is still uh working through those uh, issues and, and how they're going to handle it. Uh, it, it it's, it's brand new training for the uh, Omaha police officers. The uh, city attorney told me last week that uh, speeches, that he goes to the, whenever they bring in a new recruit class, the city attorney goes in there and goes through certain statutes and explains to him, you know, here's, here's the law. Well, the city has had to drop all those provisions that they had before. They, the city council last week voted voted unanimously to eliminate all these quote-unquote gun control provisions that they had because they didn't they had to get them off the books otherwise you'd have one thing on the city right laws and then other state statutes they'd be conflicting and the city ordinances wouldn't apply anyway anymore so they took all those off the books and as the city attorney was saying you know now he's got to he's clearly got to go back to all these all the you know the current force and as new cops come into the fold, he's got to explain to them what they can do and what they can't do because it's it's changed significantly in the city of Omaha. It's and their you know the point has been from day one, uh, what you know what works in you know uh, Seward isn't gonna isn't gonna cut it in Omaha. And you know the sad part about this is the only way we find out how that really plays out on the wrong side is if something goes wrong, and that would be a sad day in Omaha. Um, and I understand that they had used the the way that the city laws were set up to confiscate a lot of a lot yeah. of firearms based on like what they could do on a city. I think it had to do with transportation, uh, and and they can't do that anymore under the state law. Is that right? Yes, that's what okay. the, that's what the, those 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 were among the ordinances that the yeah. city had to uh, get rid of, uh, and you know it had to do with probable cause. If you know if a, if a police officer uh, pulled someone over for whatever reason. Uh, looked and saw a, a, a handgun sitting on the seat. That would give them probable cause for a, for a search if they if they had some you know, suspicion in the back of their minds. Now, if you the interesting part about that is if you'll recall during the uh, Judiciary Committee hearings, uh, for one, uh, Senator McKinney, uh, black legislator from North Omaha, he was making the case, and you know he voted in in favor of of constitutional carry. Right. He made the case that. This new law will, you know, make it more difficult for Omaha police to, you know, typecast, profile young blacks in cars, for instance, right. uh, and pull them over and, and, and go from there. And the chief acknowledged that that, that was the case, that, it, you know, he said it wasn't necessarily in terms of the initial stop, but somewhere down the road in terms of the charging uh, that, that, they, that the uh, uh, authorities in Omaha would lose some of their clout. Uh, in these kinds of cases, but that, but you know, Senator McKinney, for one, I think surprised a lot of people, and I think Justin Wayne as well. When he, they both voted for constitutional carry, uh, and that that as I said, that surprised a lot of people because because it's that part of town. To be honest, as we all know, where where a significant amount of, of violence occurs and gun violence at that. 
Uh, and then a couple of, uh, on another issue, a couple of timeline questions that I've got. I know, uh, we, we talked about the, the petition for, uh, tax write offs for scholarship donations to private schools. Obviously, it's been front and center the entire summer. Um, what's, what's the timeline on this now? I, I believe the, the deadline for getting the signatures is over. Should we know pretty soon if this is going on the ballot or not? What, what do you expect to happen with that? Well, obviously, the next step is every, county official, election official across the state, uh, the petitions are in effect handed back to them from their counties. They'll go through them and decide who's got, who was who a valid registered voter in their, in their county and who wasn't. All those numbers eventually go back to the Secretary of State's office. I think these processes usually take about oh, a month to two months, six weeks probably is the likely okay. number. Uh, and then at that point, then we then we get into the issue of, of the of how the issue, assuming that there's that they've got enough valid signatures, which they say they to do, me would, is almost yeah. a foregone conclusion. Okay. Uh, uh, then the rigmarole starts as to the exact wording of of the ballot issue, uh, and so that's that'll be sitting out there for quite some time before we ever before Nebraska voters ever get to vote in November right. of 2024. Right. It's over a year away. Uh yeah. yet we should know in the coming weeks whether or not it's going to be on the ballot because the deadline was up August 30th. So in in the meantime what will be interesting Jack as as you know is this this coming school year will be we'll see how many you know how many of these instances occur. How many kids are or taking advantage, so to speak, of this new law uh, from switching That's from true. a public school setting to a private school setting. We should have some numbers on that, you would think, early next year, I would, would get, gather. And, and then then the question becomes, you know, is, do these people think it's working? It's, it's uh, going to be, a, it'll be an interesting argument to watch this thing unfold. That's true. You will have, you know, whatever the metrics are you decide it's working by, you will have a little bit of, of data on that by the time that you vote on this. All right. Hey, Joe, good to talk to you as well, uh, or once again, I should say, and we will jump in with you again a week from today. Have a good one. All right. Take care, Jack. Appreciate Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. At 726, Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Why don't we count them down? Should we count them down? Let's count them down. Yeah, it's called the Morning Drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. It's starting today with number five. Well, we've probably got the last 90s for a while today. Cold Ooh. front moving through. Continue to push east. Uh, high today of 92, but much more pleasant after today. Let's go. And look, Mark, you're right. Much more pleasant after today. But my eyes are on Monday the 11th. <laughs> 74 degrees for your high. 54 for your low. Tuesday, 72, 52. That's where, that's where I'm focused right now. Because... That sounds like fall to me. Yeah, when you get into the yes. uh, mid to well, even the lower fifties for lows, that allows things to really cool off. Let's. I, yep, you're exactly right. And you're going to wake up in the morning, and you're, I'm going to have one word for you: crisp hoodie season. Hoodie baby. season. It's on its way. I mean, get it here. It can't get here fast enough. And by the way, good news if it's already coming at that time of year, because that may mean that we may actually get a true fall this year. I hope. Fingers crossed. Because. A lot of years, this summer can tend to linger on really far into September. Winter can creep its way into early November or even October, and we don't get, in my opinion, the best time of the weather year. 
And so let's spread that thing out. Let's get that thing six, seven, eight, nine weeks long. If we can, there, there, really there are a nice. couple of things that stand out with the fact that it is cooling off and what when it is cooling off. First of all, whenever it's cooling off, get those windows open. I know Mark gets oh. it open in the uh, in the KLIN newsroom and it makes the whole place feel great. We can but hear I, those cars on O Street. That's I can, nice. I can't. Yeah, drag racing at six thirty <laughs> in the morning. I, I can't wait. Just a normal to, O Street. <laughs> to just turn off the air conditioner at home at all, not having to run it deep into September, but. You guys know what is in 11 days. What's that? Husker football home opener. That's true, And you too. get into some good old tailgate weather for a Yo, night game. For a night game? Get those hoodies ready. You're not sitting there 95 in the hoodies. middle of the day just trying to hang out with your buds? Get no, that. no, no. Hey, nice fall weather. Better make sure you got that candy corn ready to put out on the oh, table. Maybe mix it. some peanuts in there. A little dish for everyone to enjoy. Better get that. I mean, there's a lot you need to do to get ready for Christmas season. What, what time are we, what time are you getting your first chili ready this fall? Oh, I mean, I think 72 is still a little high. <laughs> you kind of need that, man. I I don't think I usually do it in September, but if conditions dictated, I suppose I could be convinced. My kids usually put pressure on me because they want it. September they chili, it, but I'm a. I don't know when the f- first soup. The first soup in general of the year usually doesn't happen until October. <laughs> but. You better stock up on supplies now because you know that first That's cold a great snap. Point. That first cold yes. snap, it'll be Mark, sold out. Yes, get your chili supplies. Mark, now. that is a fantastic <laughs> point because, and you think you think he's saying that a little bit tongue in cheek? Not at all. No. You get that first day, whatever it is, that it's probably more like a high in the fifties, yep. right? Kind of damp, cloudy. But those days can happen at any time. A hundred percent. Uh, and then when you're looking for chili beans, and it looks like, I mean, it looks like some a hurricane went through the yep. grocery aisle. Get your ground beef or your ground turkey, Freeze whatever it. you use. Yep. Freeze, Freeze it. it. Yep. Yeah, it's a great point, Mark. Looking out for the listeners. Also, uh, you know, you can always freeze a big loaf of French bread for garlic bread. Ooh. That's what we have with our chili. You, I mean, garlic bread. Dog, shoot, you could freeze the chili, I suppose, and just warm it up. And we be, do. Just throw that baby in the crock we've, pot we've, and be we've ready. Done, we've done that before, too. <laughs> Moving on. Number four. One stretch of Lincoln Street's open, the uh, Lincoln on the Move project. Uh, LTU says 84th Street, Sandalwood to Elizabeth Drive. Now open. So this is the, are we talking, is this northbound or southbound here? That, yes. The, it's both of it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, so I hope I hope this means that there is full access now, at least one lane, both directions, and ends our long summer nightmare of 2023 of 84th well, Street construction. North, northbound 84th this morning at O Street was wide open. Wide open? Yep. All lanes. Hey, now, let's I, go. I, I don't know how far north they go, but I'm assuming they go all the way up to this. This, con- this construction project on 84th Street set an all-time record. I don't think people know this. Yeah, this set an all-time record. It was the construction project that I most forgot about (laughs) as I was driving to the interstate. Or anywhere, really, in Northeast Lincoln. And I would pull up there, and I would say, oh, I shoot. (laughs) And then I would and and then I would often make the bad decision, guys, to take, instead of a left, and just say, all right, just go down 70th, cut your losses, go down 70th, get on uh, Cornhusker Highway, go to the interstate. I made the ill-fated decision to instead turn to the east because I wanted to tour the new land where the prison was going to go and then didn't go and drive up there and come into Waverly and add a good 
I mean, what felt like a half hour onto my trip to Omaha <laughs> in that situation. It was. It felt like it. I'm not kidding. So, uh, anyway, it was fun. We'll all have great memories of that great. And hopefully it makes, uh, hopefully that means less potholes, less issues, whatever it was exactly they were doing there, which I don't totally know. Uh, just fixing her up. So, yeah, there, there's, there was some mill work, went through, had to do some other repairs. Also had to, I believe, Mark, had to make some stuff ADA compliant with the curbs. Oh, oh is that right? I'm, I'm, well, that's part of the Lincoln on the movie. Yeah, right. that's, that's required anytime. But the one All that right. surprised me was 84th southbound at O Street. They just completely resurfaced that down to, you know, about where the um, trail crosses here a month ago. And they had to block it southbound at 84th last week, all week. To tear up a portion and, and put in some type of oh, no. concrete. So I mean, tear up brand new blacktop and so. But we are doing some of the blacktop stuff now, aren't we? They did that in some of the neighborhoods around Lincoln too, yeah. where it's and, the blacktop now that they generally hadn't done before, including right here at Midtown. Is that right? I didn't even notice it. I never noticed. I never notice the streets like other people do. I don't know what kind of a deficiency I have in my brain for this, but and listen, I I completely acknowledge I'm the weird one because other people will drive around and be like, "Do you notice how bad these streets are?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't really think about streets all that much. I would not be. They. Sh- I am not going to ever be the." LTU public works director for the city of Lincoln. Are you just driving around with like a thousand percent suspension? I don't know. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just, I have never. I just never think about and uh, like everyone else does. So I, I acknowledge they're probably right and I'm wrong. Uh, you carried but. that billfold in your left back or your right back pocket for so long that it's all the feelings out of it. That's actually yes. probably true. <laughs> and the way you lean when you're driving. <laughs> You don't feel anything. Mark always knows when he comes up behind me because my body is at a complete 45-degree angle. Mark, you should see the console that I put my weight on with my elbow when I drive. It is completely worn through not only the faux leather, but whatever stuff is underneath that all the way. It's to like some sort of foam that I'm now making a hole in with my with my elbow point. It is always so funny to see that when you drive, you are literally looking down the middle of the vehicle. My dad did the exact same thing when he drove. You, <laughs> that's how I knew it was him, is I could I could see that he was always, you know, at like a at an angle toward the the passenger <laughs> side of the car. Anyway, that's mo- the only time I can say I see you leaning right. Uh, you can't oh. do it because uh, <laughs> that's not true. Stop. Oh. You know what I don't need is those kind of comments. I had a hard enough time if, as if, it is. If, if you leaned left, you'd fall out. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hard enough time making it in this city as it is. Uh, Mark saying stuff like that. Jeez. Number two. <laughs> only took one game. Uh, the Nebraska's coming uh, matchup with Deion Sanders uh, has a whole new feel to it. Buffs upset football runner up TCU. So, how does that change the outlook? Uh, a lot. We we went from and here's the thing, you went from at times on Friday where the line was still Nebraska favored by a touchdown. And at times on Friday, you got to Saturday later in the day, Colorado favored by just about a field goal. That's how big of a, a swing you've seen it happen nationally, not just in the odds makers, but in the talking points about the game. Now, uh, yeah. now for, for Nebraska, man, this sets up like a really good trap game for the other team. 
there's an opportunity there that, 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 that there's good and bad to it, right? Yeah, it does feel different. It feels like a way more uphill battle than it looked like it was going to be because their offense looked really, really good, like really efficient, really good, open medium range, short medium range passes all day long somehow. Mm-hmm. And Sanders, Shadur Sanders, was able to do, play incredibly well, incredibly efficiently. Over so, 500 yards through the air, 45 points geez. on the board. So, yeah, that, that the downside is that you got a risk of going 0-2 here. The upside is... You win this thing, and that Minnesota game is going to seem like a distant memory now. Mm-hmm. If they can win this on the national stage, that it will have about as big a national stage as you could have for two unranked teams. Or is Colorado ranked now? Or is uh, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll have to see today. Two uh, at least unranked now teams. It's as big a national stage as you're ever going to get for that kind of a matchup. And it's, and it's not because of Nebraska. It's mostly because of Dion. So. Well, two teams with first-year head coaches. Neither of them went to a bowl game last year. Like yep. they like the, the the way the program set up with recent history doesn't say must watch national television oh, game. It will set it everything. Is set says records. That now. It is going to set records in terms of the eyes on this game. So, Nebraska, here's an opportunity. Please take it. Yes. Please take it. And there should be no reason they shouldn't be as mentally fired up and ready to go for this game as they'll ever be going into a game because there's plenty out there. Plenty out there to get them fired up about this one. All and there's the going to be more. Lines. Everything everyone's saying, everything that Colorado themselves is saying, there's all kinds of fuel that is out there to be burned. So hopefully they'll. <laughs> I have a feeling Matt Rule's going to find it too. Number two. Be on the lookout for Rocky and Bullwinkle in Lincoln. <laughs> well, not really, but maybe some flying squirrels. Hopefully uh, just Rocky. I was going to say, I'd love to see Bullwinkle around here. So would I, actually. <laughs> uh, they've got, got a lot of them down uh, as far southeast Nebraska in Arbor Day Farms, but uh, study underway to see whether we've got any here in Lincoln. Flying squirrels? Uh, this is, uh, the, I had no idea that this was a thing, but 10-11 had a story this weekend that said basically Game and Parks is doing studies to figure out if they've had a lot of them that have gravitated toward Lincoln because there have been 10 confirmed sightings, according to the story, or five or six unconfirmed sightings of southern flying squirrels in Lincoln, which is pretty unusual at this point. But they've come in enough that the Game and Parks is looking at this right now and potentially means that they're going to sort of change one of the classifications of how and it's not necessarily endangered like nationwide, but they have statuses on where they show up in the state. Oh, um, that would is a threatened species, which means it just means they're less common in the state. So it's because I, people ever, won't let them build nests in their attic. <laughs> Anybody ever seen one? You ever seen one of these, Mark? Mm, I don't believe so. I, so I, I'm sure oh. I've seen video, but I don't necessarily remember. Are they? Uh, I've seen squirrels jump in trees, but never a flying. Yeah, I was going to say, do they do that? This is a dumb question. I should I should know this about flying crew. But do they actually like kind of glide? Is they that glide. what happens? Yeah, they glide. Essentially, they've got a they've got skin flaps between their legs, you know, on each side. Oh, so yeah, they just I totally want to see that. We need to get we need to get. Listen, the animal community in Lincoln is significantly more interesting than it was when I grew up here. <laughs> so why don't we keep this thing going? I mean, at least to a point. Right, at least to a point. Flying squirrels added in. I think that'd be a good benefit to Lincoln. My question is, if there, if flying squirrels are moving in, I know there's already squirrels here. Does that do anything to the other local populations? 
Do, um, do, are they, do they push anything out because they're moving in? Canada geese? Do yeah. they eat geese? Nope. I don't know. And, they don't? I, and maybe the numbers are low or small enough that it doesn't actually do anything. I've never known squirrels to push anything in or out. Yeah. I, they just, you know, are kind of a nuisance. Could they, could they, and again, I'm not an expert, but could they get very friendly with the regular squirrels and start making all the squirrels flying and we get them off our streets? I suppose it's possible, but it's highly unlikely. We're going to need air traffic control in the middle of town here. Hey, hey, flying squirrel, have you met regular squirrel over here? We're trying to get these guys off our streets, and you guys can start the process. Anyway, I'm going to leave you alone for a while here. Hey there, fly boy. (laughs) Number one. England's taxpayer-funded National Health Service has confirmed it's going to make the diabetes drug Wigovi available as an option for weight management. Availability will be limited to patients with at least one weight-related condition, such as hypertension or cardiovascular disease. This company that makes this, guys, is going to be so rich. So much money. Um, And it already is. By the way, it is Europe's most valuable company now, Novo Nordisk. Um, it is now taken over a company, a, a luxury goods company called LVMH. It's Europe's most valuable company. Shares of this drug maker, they're Danish, 40% up this year. And now that they're starting to allow more off-label use of this in certain countries where the demand for it... They've got years of demand to try and satisfy for this drug anyway because so many people believe, and I'm not saying it is or it isn't, believe it's basically a kind of a miracle cure when it comes to obesity, or at least it helps a ton on this whole thing, and maybe has other benefits too, that everybody wants it at this point. The demand is so high. Um, and as Mark said, they're now basically they're now putting it on the list of drugs that are approved for use for weight loss, but... The cost is still uh-huh. way high here at this point. And in the United States, it's obviously a different situation because it depends on, for most people, unless you're independently wealthy, what insurers are going to allow you to use uh-huh. it for and what you need. And Well, insurers aren't, insurers aren't going to allow it if it's off-label. Exactly. Yeah, right. They, they're not going to do it just because you have hypertension. They're not going to... If yeah. you have... You know, if, you, if you're diabetic, yep. yeah. But... But that's the, that's the next step for this whole thing. What are the so, side effects on this? I've heard. I don't know. Um, but I have. I happen to overhear a conversation about somebody who's using it, and apparently, some people have some. Some people have some nasty stomach reactions okay. to it. I think. But I don't know. I, it obviously works for some people too. So, I'm, mm-hmm. I, but I I don't know completely. All I know is it's. I mean, it's just becoming a major, major, major story. Um, not just in the pharmaceutical industry, but kind of everywhere right now. So that's an interesting one. All right, it's 7.55. We are going to take a break. We've got 79 degrees in the capital city. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. And that was your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Cue the Husker. If you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time-saver traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. 
Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. It is time for another keyword. You want to pick in the Fantasy Huskers draft? Well, you can get it, but you've got to send in that keyword and get selected as a picker. And so, with no further ado, let's tell you what to text in today during the 8 o'clock hour. That word today, Caleb, is prime. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't get tired of this. P-R-I-M-E, prime. Text that in. You might be selected to make your pick. You'll be asked, if you are uh, the one who gets that pick, you'll be asked how many points will Colorado score against Nebraska on Saturday's game in Boulder. And you can make that pick, and then you'll have a little something else to pay attention to during the game on Saturday, which is going to have unquestionably a major, major national audience because it's official. The country and the college football world is absolutely fascinated and to some degree in love with Colorado. Yes. By the way, um, Shane was our first qualifier earlier today. He said 35 points. Okay, he says 35. So, prime right, so that's off the board. 402-479-1400. Text that in and we'll pick one. We'll tell you before the end of the show uh, exactly what that final pick is. But, Caleb, this is... I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this in in college football um, where there it, where you've got such a celebrity. Obviously, Deion Sanders is one of the biggest sports celebrities in the United States that there is. Mm-hmm. It's a short list who is in front of him at this point. And then... He takes over a team where there's low expectations coming from a lower division of college football where he had success, where he had some really good success, but takes over a team in what looks like a bizarre culture fit, bringing Dion to Boulder, brings some of his team from Jackson State with him, mm-hmm. brings in transfers from a whole bunch of different places as well, hangs on to a few of the players that have been on Colorado, which has been a bad football program over the course of the last couple of years. And comes in with low expectations. A 20, what was it, 20 plus point underdog to TCU mm-hmm. in the first game? TCU was coming off the national championship game where they got blown out, but they were in the national championship game. And then puts together a win and a win that was a little bit close, but one where the offense looked dominant mm-hmm. in that game, where the offense looked unbelievably efficient and you had superstars that did superstar things during that game and have in one game have really created a legend for themselves. I'm speaking specifically of Travis Hunter who played basically every play of the game, which is insane because he plays both offense. He plays offense and defense, but not just like, and not just like offense, like say Deion Sanders used to do when he was in the NFL, where he would come in for a couple of plays as a, as a gadget or something like that. Travis Hunter is lining up on defense, regular lining up on offense regularly. And so, You've got that whole intrigue that goes with it as well. And then you've got Deion's son, Shadur, who's the quarterback. And by the way, for all the love that Travis Hunter got, Shadur is the one who's got a longer resume of accomplishments mm-hmm. than either of them. 
And well, he set, kind of, the, he set the school record for passing in their first game. Yeah, and 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 has built built his way up as in his college career for a couple of years mm-hmm. already. Travis Hunter, he played a little last year, but not a lot. People would probably be surprised how little he actually played last year, or at least contributed for Jackson State. And so everyone is officially intrigued if Coach Prime can turn this thing around like that. Is he really that good of a coach? Did he get the most interesting players in all of college football? Oh, and by the way, he's going to do it and be a showman the entire time. Yeah, about it, including. I mean, if you watch, if you watch the end of that game and the interviews after it, and just <laughs> the whole thing, it was simultaneously for me at least entertaining and annoying, if that's possible. Yeah, at some point, um, it, it, and. It's like, man, I think this is all good for college football. I mean, it's a little bit like Caitlin Clark for me in college women's basketball. I was like, she's great for the sport. I'm glad she's there, but I really enjoy cheering against her. Right. right? This was this was something that I had actually said a few weeks ago when when talking with some folks from Colorado. What is the what is the the angst between Nebraska fans and Deion Sanders? And I said, it's because he's the coach at Colorado, like. That that if if he would have come, if Nebraska, if Trev Alberts would have decided, Deion Sanders should be the coach, not Matt Rule at Nebraska, Nebraska fans would be all about him right now. Mm-hmm. But he's not our guy. Like he's their guy. And so, what more reason do you need to not like the showmanship, not like Deion Sanders? It's because he's at Colorado, right? Like right. like at the end of the day, that's that. When you get to Saturday, there will be times that Colorado has. Well, not just times, but over the course of the entire game, Colorado will have the three best athletes on the field. But after that, there's a giant drop off to what Nebraska can do defensively against that team, and then offensively, Nebraska is a lot bigger. I think T- was TCU ran for like seven yards a carry. Uh, yeah, they had some success. They had some success running the ball. Yeah, I mean, they obviously put up some points on, right, on, right. on that. But the problem was, I mean, problem with TCU and Nebraska's got us all. Caleb, we can talk about the talent, and you know, and it's there. Hunter is certainly an incredibly special player. I think Sanders is. is a, I didn't even realize how good of a quarterback Sanders was as a as a passer and just poise and finding the open receiver. So I'll grant you all that. But the big accomplishment in that game was the way that Colorado's offense completely flummoxed via scheme the mm-hmm. TCU defense. And what I mean by that is, and Colorado doesn't have a great offensive line. And Got to guess, Dion would probably tell you that in an honest moment that they don't have a great offensive line. That it's kind of put together a mix of holdovers from Colorado and a couple of Kent State transfers. I guess they got and sacked not, four times. Yeah, but you know what they did? They schemed around their weaknesses, mm-hmm. and they basically said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw rhythm, quick passes of six to eight." to 10 yards over and over again, and we're going to get them open frequently because the way... And TCU never adapted to that, Caleb. No. Like, you watch that game, and those receivers on those short passes were almost always open. Almost he, Sanders was almost always open, and because it was such a quick rhythm pass, the TCU pass rush didn't have enough time mm-hmm. to really pressure Sanders. It was designed to keep him out of the pressure and designed to work incredibly quickly, TCU never adjusted to it. And it's kind of like, Caleb, having a really good run game that's getting 
six, seven, eight yards of carry when you're able to do that. They essentially use that short passing game like a running game and go down the field, go down the field. And then what happens is you finally get TCU to adjust to it and you pop them with a deep one, right? Or you get them to over-pursue and you run one of those tunnel screens. Yeah. Or you throw the running back out of the backfield, which they did, and had three touchdowns that way. Um, it was Matt. We can talk about the talent that they had on that side of the ball, but I think the MVP of that game was probably the offensive coordinator for for Colorado and Nebraska's defense. We're gonna see. We're gonna see what kind of a scheme job this defense can do that the Matt Rule, um, Tony White contingent can do against his defense. Mm-hmm. And by the way, TCU played. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this. Not to get too much in the X's and O's, but TCU played a lot of three three five against Colorado. <laughs> yeah, and now the thing about TCU's defense, no matter what their scheme was, they replaced a lot of guys from a defense that wasn't good last year. Like the the TCU defense is not what got them to the national title game. It was their offense. It was Max Duggan right. at quarterback. It was so many other things that had to make up for their defense. So much the opposite of say like 2009 Nebraska. You know, it was, man, let's just hope that offense can put a couple points up because the defense is going to hold everybody mm-hmm. down. It's so much the opposite. And a bad defense just had a lot of inexperience come in against a really well-schemed first game, a lot of guys in space, athletic and fast. Of course, TCU's defense was going to have trouble with that. So it, it's so hard that even with Colorado's scheme, comparing it to Nebraska's three three five. Right, which which looked like it it handled the run game well. It it handled the pass game for the most part pretty well. Just got beat on that one touchdown. Ultimately, that's that's what ties it up. And, right. and didn't have different. enough offense. But yeah. yeah, it just didn't have enough offense. I think Nebraska's three three five matches up better than TCU's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, right, I, and I don't necessarily mean to imply it's the same outcome when you've got. I did just. I thought it was interesting that you kind of yeah. got to at least see that. But yeah, you're right. There's there's a question: is how good or or not good is TCU's defense? And if you're a Nebraska fan, you're hoping that they're not very good, essentially. And by, by the way, when yeah. when you talked about the offensive coordinator for Colorado, yes. he coached at Nebraska Omaha back in 2010. Oh, really, Sean? Lewis. I didn't know that. He came over from the MAC, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he was the head coach at Kent State. At Kent State, yes. He went head coach, to offensive coordinator. That's interesting. That's how bad people wanted to work for Dion going into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, so if you want to take, I mean, look, there's there's a lot of people saying, "Oh my gosh, Nebraska is screwed in this game after they saw Colorado." And you know, I don't know. It's I can't. I'm not here to tell you for sure if they are or aren't. They may be, but if you want. If you want some things to give you a little bit of, um, maybe a little bit of peace of mind going into it, is Nebraska's, I think, the strength of the team, and I think it was borne out with how the game against Michigan, excuse me, against Minnesota went, is their secondary, mm-hmm. right? Malcolm Hartzog misplay aside on that last play. I still think top to bottom, that is their, that is their most talented and best position group. That's the that's the group that got exploited for TCU. Yeah, completely exploited. Mm-hmm. That's what Colorado did. Is they exploited the coverages. They knew where they were. They seemed like they knew they were gonna where they were gonna be. Caleb, there was never a moment where you know Sanders drops back and he thinks they're in man to man and oh whoops, there's a guy right there. There's a linebacker there where I didn't expect one to be. Boop, picked it off. That never happened. There was no Sanders was comfortable as he could be. Pre snap, they identified everything. Absolutely. A hundred percent was, again, to me, the most impressive thing about that game. 
And so you're hopeful. You're if you want to look for hope, it's that you know, Quentin Newsom. Quentin Newsom didn't get thrown on basically in the Nebraska Minnesota game. That he's he's up to the task, right? Malcolm Hartog's up to the task. That those safeties that have been good tacklers and good cover did well covering on deep balls too. Um, Omar Brown, Singleton, those guys. I will say this about play. Sanders will throw on Newsom. They, they 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 might scheme that they don't want to do it a whole lot. They will throw right. on Newsom. And then one other thing to point out about Sanders: ridiculous passing numbers. Kind of surprisingly, not mobile is no. the other thing I well, noticed was able to just kind of hang out there and throw but, it around. I mean, he's not. He's not running like Dad did uh-uh. at all. <laughs> no, at all. From what I saw in that TCU game, and I don't know that he wants to probably, but it's it's if, nice for them if he doesn't have. If to. you can if you can get your hands on him, you should be able to to bring him down. So it's going to be fun. Let's embrace it. Could could be could be a great day for Nebraska football if they can pull this off. Eight twenty three on KLIN. You're listening to Lincoln's Radio. Clear after midnight, becoming partly cloudy, 20% chance of rain, low in the low 70s. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brandon Rector. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 837 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 81 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us. We were talking a little Nebraska football versus Colorado. A big game locally, a big game nationally, and one that is going to grow in importance and eyes uh, after what happened last Saturday on this thing. We talked a lot about Colorado. We didn't talk a lot, Caleb, about Nebraska, though, in this whole thing. And I, it strikes me... And we, I know we say this a lot, but it feels really true this time. That when you talk about the two paths that the world goes down, our world goes down from this game with a Nebraska win versus a Nebraska loss in this game. And you could say, well, it kind of depends what the loss looks like, but just say generally a win versus a loss. It is about as wide as you can get <laughs> in terms of what the feel around this state is going to be. And the mood around this state is going to be. I mean, you start with the start with the bad. Um, you obviously you start zero and two, which I don't think many people expected, because I think they expected to win this Colorado game. I think most people probably had Minnesota beating Nebraska, but it was kind of mixed. But I think you didn't expect Nebraska to go zero and two, so you've got that to start. Just another game where on a national stage. Nebraska doesn't come out on top. So you've got that to start. Yeah. You've then got head-to-head comparisons between brand-new coaches. And Nebraska's, in that case, brand-new guy. Whether this is a fair comparison or not, it's going to be made. Nebraska's new guy lost to Colorado's new guy. And he was able to do it and make that turnaround that, People didn't expect whatsoever. There were higher expectations for Nebraska, and they will, in that situation, have started 0-2. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be justified or even anybody should hit be hitting the panic button, but people will. There are some people who will. Well, you, you, are, you already have people saying, well, how can Colorado, who went 1-11, bring in a coach and use the transfer portal and obviously figure it out against the mm-hmm. national runner-up? And once again, Nebraska brings somebody in and... 
fourth quarter mistakes cost them the game. Yep. It's the same thing with another coaching staff. Those you already have all of that over the last five and days. It will multiply a lot. Yes, if if that happens, there's going to be a lot of. I I know we would like to think that this fan base is going to be reasonable and patient and allow some time for the transition to happen. This is not going to help that situation whatsoever. And there will be, and I'm not saying everyone, and I'm I'm not saying they're right either, but I am saying that there's going to be, it, the, the honeymoon period will be, Caleb, way officially over mm-hmm. for a lot of people that hey, we before went through you, during this whole offseason. Before you even get to the first home game. Right, and maybe they already, yeah, yeah, and you haven't even had a home game yet. And by the way, your next game is up a team that went in to a Power 5 conference team in uh, Northern Illinois and went to Boston College and beat them. Yeah. And they're going to have a game against a, a decent FCS team that they'll probably win. They'll probably come in 2-2 two and two, and maybe in others receiving votes mm-hmm. for for this next game as well. So, so it's not, I mean, Northern Illinois has beaten Nebraska and Lincoln. And so you start saying, wow, what about that game now right. at that point? So that's the downside. It is going to be a it is going to be a rough mood around here, um, and that's just the reality of it. And it may not again. There are going to be people who say, "Hey, look at look at Florida State. They looked great the other night. They gave their coach time. They gave Mike Norvell time. He was started in the COVID year, didn't had a bad year, then kind of got it up to around five hundred, then had a good year last year, and now this year they." Embarrassed LSU mm-hmm. really on, took on national tour. TV, and that may be the formula. That may still be the formula, even if they go zero and two, or you know one and one and three to start the year. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that could still definitely be the formula. It is going to require some patience with this. So that's my opinion on the whole thing. But it's just going to be a feel that is that is really quickly unpleasant after the way that the excitement this off season <laughs> went. Now. Let's let's have more fun and look at the other side of this thing. Let's say Nebraska pulls this off against Colorado mm-hmm. on Saturday. When I mean, look, they're not no, when they do the picks on the national shows, Caleb. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, ain't nobody picking Nebraska. Clean, clean sweep, Colorado. And, That's and all. Not you'll only see. not only because they looked better in Week One than did Nebraska. They won and Nebraska lost in Week One, but because. Everybody wants them to be good too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's the, that's the weird thing in this whole thing is that everybody likes this show that is Colorado football right now, and they want it to be a thing. And so Nebraska has to come in and play spoiler to that, in addition to everything else. So, yeah, if you come in and you get the win, number one, you do it in front of a ton of eyes in the entire college football world, the entire. College, football world, media, everyone, everything mm-hmm. is going to be talking about what Nebraska did in this game. And if it's good, what a sh- I mean, per- talk about a change in perception quickly. Absolutely. Of a whole program. It'll be just like Colorado did the week before. Mm-hmm. And it may not quite be to that same level, but there will be a completely different perception of what this team is. And it's not all about perception, but that just changes the feel yeah. around everything. Well, and it, right? you talk about the feel, even before you got to the Minnesota game, talk about the number of people that were picking Minnesota ahead of that game. Like, how? why does it feel so different right. just because of how the fourth quarter went and they lost? Well, 
for for a lot of folks, like we were already expecting Minnesota to win that game, right. and we had no idea what we were going to see from Colorado. So why why did we get so so far down both paths just because of how those games went on Thursday and Saturday? Yeah. You talk about the the number of eyeballs and like how big this obviously. We have it here on the radio, televised, big noon kickoff on Fox. I'm going to ask you a couple questions on ticket prices. Okay. Oh, man. You have the Cyhawk just across the border, the other direction. Which is where this year? It is Ames at, or Iowa City? It's in Ames. Okay. It's in Ames, so at Iowa State. For a pair of tickets, what is the, the price for, for, for each? For each ticket? Um, so this is your get in the door. This is, this is the cheapest one. The cheapest one. one to get in the door? Oh, I bet you could get in for 50 112 Whew, for the okay. Cyhawk. Wow. Notre Dame is at NC State. Okay. Same question there. Get in the door for a pair. NC State. They're not that crazy. Uh, but the Cyhawk was higher than I thought, so I'll say 75 126 Wow. Texas, Alabama. Oh, okay. Uh man, that I bet that's two hundred bucks. You can get in for one hundred thirty-two. Really? Huh. Nebraska at Colorado. Well, the way you're setting it up, I assume it's going to be very high. <laughs> um, I think I probably would have said I probably would have said about a hundred fifty, maybe. You want to double that, sir? Three hundred to for the cheapest to get in the 345 door. Three hundred forty-five dollars. Oh my gosh. On the secondary market to get that's the get in the door price for a pair, and that is up in their two hundred level. In that same three ninety two, three ninety six. If you want to get in the one hundred level, which is their lower bowl, four hundred dollars each to get in the door. Wow. So when yeah. you're you're talking about hype around a game, now some of this is historical Nebraska Colorado. And the fact that Nebraska fans want to go out to Boulder for a game right. to watch dear old the, Nebraska U. That's changed the, the supply levels. Some of that is brand new coach, a lot of swagger. Dion is in town. It's prime time in Boulder. That changes the supply and the or the demand on the tickets. And then you see what happened in week one with what happened down in Fort Worth. All right. Folks want to get in and see that game. Yep. Yeah, it is the. I mean, it's the greatest. I mean, sorry, Alabama and Texas. Can you believe it? Alabama versus Texas is going to play second fiddle. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm overstating that. Am I overstating that in terms of the in terms of sort of the uh, attention, the hype, all of those things? And it's partially because Fox has decided to hitch their financial wagon to Deion Sanders' well, first two games. When you get to because that's the night game. That's te- Texas. Yes. Uh, Texas Alabama is at is a six o'clock kickoff. You will have had from the start of because they do what two hours of pregame right on on the big noon kickoff. You will have had nine hours between the start of pregame where they are in Boulder, right to actually playing the game right. to whatever that result is. They will talk about it in the Texas. Alabama game. Yeah. That will be the number one game that is talked about on Saturday simply because of Deion Sanders, the buildup. And for Nebraska, you have the potential to to write yourself into that. If Nebraska loses this, the pain is going to be extreme because you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it. 
if Nebraska wins this, the joy is going to be extreme mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to hear about it mm-hmm. a whole lot. And in addition, you're going to be able to to shut down and tamp down what, frankly, I think most of us find to be a little bit of at least annoying development yeah. in college football here with this. Not least of which, and if it had to happen to a place, where better than Colorado? <laughs> where you already had, I mean, Dion or not, that uniform still makes me angry. Mm-hmm. Let alone throwing in, throwing in Dion, uh, declaring his, uh, his wide receiver who had a very good game, but already talking about him in the Heisman after the game is over. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I can, man, Caleb, this is, oh. This is just going to be, this is going to be tough. Uh, the week is, actually, I take it back. I'm excited about the week. The I hype, love this. The lead up to the week, that whole thing, and I know you've got some fans who are already saying, hey, this thing's over. Nebraska's, Nebraska's in trouble. Look, I am never, I have watched enough college football in my life to know, do not set your clock to what happened in week one and know that that's the rule the rest of the year. Now, I can't necessarily tell you, what is going to change because it could be a variety of different things and and it could be later down the road that it changes for these teams but i absolutely am not treating this like some kind of a a, a funeral procession right into this game there's there's i've got i see no reason to do that look if they lose they lose and it's going to be terrible but this week is this is about as fun of a setup as you can get to again you know what it feels like it feels like the pre big 10 days mm-hmm. in terms of the 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 hype before the games between it really kind of feels like not Nebraska Colorado but Nebraska Oklahoma and I only say that because during my era Oklahoma was personified by Barry Switzer right mm-hmm. and you know Barry and Dion aren't the same guy in fact Barry coached Dion I believe but but they both have a little bit of a level of bravado that I think Nebraskans are just a bit uncomfortable with probably by their mm-hmm. nature yeah. And that's what, I mean, as much as there was a desire to stick it to Oklahoma, there was a desire. Now he's kind of beloved in this jokey figure. It wasn't that way in 1986 uh, uh, when I grew up with, mm-hmm. with that thing. You wanted to stick it to Barry Switzer. Yeah. Right? You wanted, it was Tom Osborne and Barry Switzer were the complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how to run and talk about your program, at least in our minds. Well, and here's... For a Nebraska fan, yeah, Colorado looked really good, and now that, that makes the hype even bigger. The alternative, you already had the result on Thursday, was the alternative that Colorado got blown out, and then you were just like, yeah, okay, well, we're going to go to Boulder. <laughs> right. Like, like I, I'm loving right. this week already because there are so many eyeballs. All you're going to hear about it is on all the national shows, they're going to be talking about it. And yeah, they're probably going to dog Nebraska, right. but you're in the conversation. Uh, it's already happening, by the way. Did you hear Keyshawn Johnson last night? I heard him, uh, Nick Wright, some other guys that were saying, like, what, what's Nebraska even supposed to do when those guys show up? Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 there's, like I said, there is going to be, there's going to be so much bulletin board material for Nebraska in this game. Caleb, you mentioned that. Well, yeah, would you rather have gotten them blown out? I was watching the game, talking to some people on text who was who were very strongly cheering for TCU when it was close in the fourth quarter, and I I I was saying, why 
I want Colorado to win at this point. Why would you not? Why would you not want Colorado? I get it. You you just like to see them lose in general. But in terms of everything about the next game, including their how high on themselves they're going to be, uh, which I think is fair to say it's pretty high. Mm-hmm. The the mental situation could not be better, and the the fun leading up to it could not be better with this whole thing. I just hope Nebraska I just hope Nebraska can measure up to the moment yes. when they haven't over and over and over and over again. And what is that faith in? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's blind faith at this point. I don't know if it's faith, it's hope. Yeah. It's complete hope at this point that they're that they got whatever happened week 1 out of their system. And you can talk about the X's and O stuff all you want too. It's, they've got to figure out how to their offense is going to have to score points. Mm-hmm to win this game, which they didn't do a lot of against Minnesota as well. but Didn't take care of the football. And and there's every possibility that TCU has a bottom 10 defense in the country. Like, like there's every... Bottom 10 in the country? Bottom 10 in the country. There is every possibility, and there's every possibility that Minnesota has a top 20 defense. What what do we know from week one? You know? And that's the part about... Graham Mertz was the Heisman after week one, okay? Right, right. I know, yes. There have been lots of years where week one... So there's every possibility. We won't know until 11 a.m. on Saturday. But I'm going to enjoy, and I hope you do too, all of the lead lead up, all of the hype, all of the disdain, all of the (laughs) trash talk, all of the Keyshawn Johnson saying Nebraska is slow on ESPN. This is, I mean, it feels like a little bit of a throwback to me to another era of college football. And because everybody's a little bit more buttoned up now and a little more careful about what they say. Nebraska's not going to be fast enough on grass. <laughs> Look, man. I can expect a low tonight around the upper 50s and breezy northwest winds continuing 15 to 18 and gusts to near 30. And that's the latest forecast from Broadcast House. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. As we wrap up the show today, tomorrow, I love it. You know, I complain about the uh, coming back from the three-day weekend, but the other side of my complaints is the good part of it is tomorrow's already what chapter I had Wednesday. We're already at the midweek point by the time we have one more sleep, and so that means you're going to get your chance to share with us what chaps your hide. Look for that Facebook post this afternoon, facebook.com slash LNK today, or you can text in 24-7 if you've got something in your mind that comes up and it's bugging you and you want to get on what chaps you on Wednesday. You don't have to wait till the segment itself. You can text it in whenever you want to at 402-479-1400. So that is coming up tomorrow. We are also going to have John Bishop joining us tomorrow as well get into thursday ticket thursday grow lincoln greg sharp voice of the big red and then goodness sakes it'll already be here the friday husker tailgate actually on friday this week yeah by the way todd is our second qualifier 24 points is what he thinks colorado scores so we have 35 and 24 yep is that right that's where we're at those are the two guesses for if you don't know what those are those are guesses for how many points colorado will score for fantasy huskers uh you the one who guesses closest is going to get the prize package from alumni hall and valentino so a hundred bucks of pizza and gear for you but to get those picks you got to listen for the keywords at 635 and 810 and we will also have another pair of those for you tomorrow so that is all coming up tomorrow dance parsons show this afternoon